Here they come! Welcome to episode 25 of Effectively Speaking, the podcast that takes a look at some of the special effects sequences of film and television, be they classic, average or duff. I'm your host Eric Moore and today I'm joined by Ian Marchant to discuss the discovery of the Liberator in the second episode of Blake 7. Five. We're on express elevator to hell, going down. Two, one, mark. Hello Ian. Hello, Eric. How are you? I'm I'm very well, thank you very much. Um, and looking forward to this because this is the first time we're we're, we're dipping into the uh, Blake Seven universe. About yes, time. The the, uh, the legend that is Blake Seven. Yeah, I, I don't know if it yeah. was a legend at the time. I don't know. Well, I, see, funny enough, I, I had a similar conversation about that with uh, a friend of mine the other day, um, and they were sort of saying that. It wasn't big. It wasn't huge. But I, having sort of been there, and obviously I was the right age for it, I remember it as being huge. Like when Blake left, mm. spoiler for anyone who hasn't seen the show, when Blake leaves halfway through, um, Terry Wogan had a huge campaign every week to, to wear, bring back Blake. Mm. And, there was, and it was all in the papers. So I think, yeah, I, either my memory cheats or I didn't notice a lot of the 70s. <laughs> that could have been it. Um, but yeah, I, I remember it as being... It was, it was almost like the, the, the sci-fi show that it was okay to like. It, it broke into mainstream, I think, which is yeah. good. Uh, but, but yeah, but the, the time you were talking about there, I mean, that's the end of Series 2, and here we are at yeah. Series 1. I, I, I vaguely remember the launch of it, um, but, yeah, it, it didn't get a lot of fanfare. And, of course, back then you didn't have all the science fiction magazines out no. at that point. And I, I can remember in the Radio Times you just had those little – uh, I, I used to cut out the little clipping saying, you know, Blake yes. 7, 720, BBC One, and then the title and, and like the first four people in the cast. That's the only information we had back then, yeah. wasn't it? You know? Yeah, you, you, you had to try and judge it by what the, the episode title was. <laughs> and, and Blake 7 used to have quite cryptic um, titles on their episodes. Uh, yeah, you had nothing else. There was no, I mean, I certainly wasn't aware of any fandom. Um, I, was, I was vaguely aware of Doctor Who fandom at the time. Because I was just starting to become a Doctor Who fan, um, but I remember when Blake Seven. I remember the first episode clearly. In the for it, for some reason at the time, there was two shows starting, and one was called Blake Seven, knew nothing about it, and one was called Logan's Run. <laughs> and my parents, for some reason, said we could only me and my brother could only watch one. <laughs> I don't know why, and we chose Blake Seven. I think we chose wisely in hindsight. Um, but I remember that first episode and it was, it was so adult in tone. Um, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the world, but I didn't really get hooked on Blake seven until episode two, hmm. which, uh, I, I think is the, you know, the, the clip we're looking, going to look at is from episode two, I believe. Yes. 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 It, so early on. <laughs> yeah. I, I understand exactly where you're coming from because I, I, I can remember hearing, you know, that this BBC science fiction series yeah. that wasn't Doctor Who was coming. 
And um, I, th- I think at that point, I, w- I was getting a bit tired of, of Doctor yeah. Who. Um, the magic had gone for me, you know. There was it it become very childish. In very the, childish, the, the rather tough. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah I, I didn't like the companions. The stories weren't doing it for me. And, of course, by then, you know, when we're talking about, you know, the tail end of 77, going almost yeah. into 78, you know, we had had Space 1999. So yeah. we had had this fantastic show with with spacecraft and battles and everything set in space. But Doctor Who was doing these strange little science fiction stories or historical stories, and they weren't really for me. Star Wars was out in America, but, of course, that was May of 77, but we didn't yeah, get we it didn't over there. here till Boxing Day of 77. And of course, Blake 7 came out at the beginning of January of 78. So I saw Blake 7 before I saw Star Wars because... It came out Boxing Day of 77, but of course it never went out to the provincial cinemas until no. a couple of months later. So it, I wouldn't have got to see Star Wars until maybe like February of March. So there's this new, you know, BBC space set science fiction show. You know, I think we'd seen the Liberator and we'd seen the crew and there, there, there was like one photo of the Liberator. And it's, oh, this is going to be amazing. This is going to be amazing. And, and like you say, the first episode, it was very adult. It was very yeah. grown up. It was very, very talky. And there weren't much space. Was there? No, there was there was a distinct lack of space or indeed science fiction elements. Um, um, it, it was very, very low key. It reminded me very much. I used to uh, a program I liked at the time. It might have been slightly before that, uh, called Survivors. I knew you were going to say yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, and again, a classic one. Um, I mean, there was a character called Ian in it, so I immediately uh, <laughs> I, I associated with that. Um, but it reminded me more of that, like you say, very talky, um, very interesting. Uh, I mean, there was there was a, the massacre at the beginning, so that sort of as a, as a child, that a good massacre always grabs you. Mm. Um, but yeah, it was. It was it was strange in that it didn't immediately it didn't scream this is going to be a space opera. But the credits you know. did though. You had those yeah. fantastic hand animated, yeah. very yes. very colourful space scenes with a, 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 an animated liberator flying across. So you knew something was coming. It just wasn't in that first first episode. Exactly. Yeah, and also the um, the Federation troopers immediately struck me. I immediately fell in love with that look. Mm. I think that was, it was I, I have no idea who designed the costumes and the helmets and things but it, it it was it was really well done um there was something something about it something something that struck me as as evil as yeah. a child um but I'm glad I stuck with episode 2 and then I I I sort of never looked back and I'm I'm a bit unlike a lot of Blake Seven fans. They'll they'll sort of go, oh, season three, that's the season. I I think season one is by far the best. Season two is very very good. Season three goes down rapidly, and season four is patchy. <laughs> that's very, very patchy. Yeah, that, that, that's a very polite term you yep. just put there. Yeah. Uh, me, I I I will go two, one, three, four. Wow, That's right. the order I like them. I, I, I like I like I like series two and I, I think I like series two the most because by then I'd I'd cottoned on to the fact that if I got a tape recorder with a ah. built in microphone <laughs> and could push it up against the speaker yeah. of my little portable, I could audio record them and I and from series two onwards I had every episode oh. and I just used to listen to them over and over while I was making my models up in my bedroom. You now know. did did uh Listening to them like that, you, you obviously your mind starts to play tricks with visuals. When you actually came to watch them, presumably when they came out on VHS or, or, or DVD, did 
were you were you uh was it was it did it come up to your expectations of those endless audio listeners too or did, or did you go Ooh. i was horrified <laughs> i was absolutely i i was horrified not only by sometimes what the special effects look like but some, what some of the costumes look like yes oh, that God. episode uh series two episode killer you know is that, where is, is that it, the one with the the um the large uh sleeved yeah like it, michelin men yeah. yes yeah I had completely forgotten about them, you know, and then when you get into series three and you've got, we're going really off on tangent on the yes. episode we're talking about, but anyway. Lake seven fashion hour. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, the harvest of Kairos, oh you know, God. that, that yeah. spider thing. I used to listen to that episode yeah. and I completely forgotten what that spider thing looked like. And yeah, as you say, when, when the videos come out, it was a revelation. It yes. really was. <laughs> oh dear. It was, it, cause I, I, the, it was one of those sort of shows that fell into sort of legend, I think. And then when when the, v- uh, the VHS, the compilation tapes came out, and we went and rented, because my dad was a big Blake 7 fan, oh, yeah. and we went and rented um, uh, the first one, Blake 7 The Beginning, which was yeah. like a really heavily edited together first four episodes, sort of down to 90 minutes. I'll give you an idea of how much they cut out. And um, yeah, it was, it was shocking that, we had remembered this as being this sort of almost perfect, amazing, great special effects show. And it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and it's, it's, the other thing is, I mean, you, you, you know, so many of the episodes, that that brilliantly written, you know, the, yes. the, the, the dialogue just <laughs> yeah. sparkles. So if you're listening to it audio-wise, yes. you know, you, you, you learn it off by heart, and they are brilliant. Watching oh, it then on video, it's still brilliant. But when you've got Avon wearing some of the outfits, yeah. that, especially in Series 3 and Series 4, <laughs> it's hard to take those lines, you know, seriously yes. when he's wearing the most god-awful Baker foil things, you know? Yeah, pre- presumably that must have been a butch look in the late seventies, early eighties. Um, um, yeah, it, it hasn't aged well. The uh, some of the the non federation. Yes, indeed. Costumes, yes. Okay, all right, right. Let's get back on track, shall we? So, yeah, se- se- sorry, episode two. <laughs> um, we're off in space. Uh, Blake, uh, Avon, Villa, Gan, and Jenna isn't it that's, that's it, who yeah. we've got so far they're on the that they're on the prison ship london on their way uh to the prison planet so we're finally out in space aren't we yes we finally left earth yeah and our uh, rear view mirror is gone <laughs> i love the way they got a rear view yeah. mirror yeah um yeah and and um yeah upon their journey they they, they realized that off in the distance there had been some sort of space battle and they yeah. have have a bit of grief from that but we're focusing basically just on the two scenes uh with the liberator so uh um we're we're, we're going to go where the london finds the liberator and and then later on in the episode uh when the liberator pulls away okay so Excellent. let's go ahead and uh, ahead and have the clip we have power back sir about time we have normal functions and all systems the face of have we got scan yet? Not yet. Get me a blind reading on that echo. It's very close. These readings have got to be wrong. We've got the scan back. Right, get me a picture. I don't believe it. Take us in as close as you can, Mr. Ranger. Yes, sir. Where could you have come from? I've never seen a ship like that before in my life. 
She seems to be drifting, Mr. Rager. Maintain this distance. All right, sir. Try and make contact, Mr. Alex. Sound and vision. This is Civil Administration Ship London, out of Earth, bound for Cygnus Alpha. Please identify yourself. I reckon she was involved in that space battle we picked up. She got caught in the big blast and the crew were either killed or got out in the life rockets. It's possible. No visible sign of damage, though. No sign of life, either. Well, if she's been completely abandoned, we could put on a boarding party. You know how much that ship would be worth in prize money if we could get her to a Federation planet? Millions of credits. Millions. Leave a skeleton crew on. We could do that. It's got to be worth a try. Yes, it has. Right. Um, to start off with, this prison ship... Um, called the, the London. London, yes. Yeah. Now, I've always liked how in Blake Seven it's set so far in the future, um, so many records have been lost. I, I don't, don't they call it the, the, the Atomic Wars? Yeah, they're, they're into the new calendar, aren't they? Which That's right. Everything suggests the old reset. calendar went somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, and and it's so far ahead that you know you the names of countries and places are very rarely yeah. used. I I I can think of only one, and that's when Blake mentions America in that episode Killer that yeah. we were talking about when yes. he's talking about smallpox yeah. uh, blankets being given to the American Indians. Yes, it's. I mean, it's the future of Blake Seven is very interesting, isn't it? In that something's happened and everyone's become British. Which, you know, not not a bad thing. Um, but the, the yeah, I don't think, do they ever tell us what century it is in, even no. later? I don't think they do, do they? It, very it, vague. It, it, it is very yeah. vague. And, and uh, that's what I like about it. Yeah. There is, of course, an American in the very first episode, the guy that confronts Rog Blake and, you know. Oh, yes. There's um, memories of being wiped. That's um, correct, yes. But he's the, that's the only time you ever have anybody that's not... Uh, oh, and then you've got um, – sorry, we're going off on tangent, ta- tangent again. Um, Hal Mellenby in That's true, yes. Three. He, Dana, he, Dana. Uh, he, yeah, he, he, Lieutenant got, Green, isn't it? Is that that's the, right. Yeah, yeah. He's, Lieutenant, Green, he's yeah. Lieutenant Green from Captain Scarlet with a very Jamaican yes. accent, you know. That's but true. I, Where's his daughter? Doesn't. Perfect estuary English. <laughs> yes. Very yes, strange. You, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I, I like that. I, li- I, I, I yeah. like the idea of – it's set so far ahead that everything that we know now is forgotten. Have you ever read the uh, the Hawkmoon books by Michael Moorcock? I haven't, no. You should. You really should. They're really good. And and again, that that's set thousands of years in the future. And um, the, you've got this evil empire called uh, Grand Britain. There are things, you know, references back to the past, but it's distorted by time, you yeah. know. So you've got Grand Britain, and um, they're four gods are um called like georges paul jean and ringa or something like that and, and it's the beatles basically because <laughs> yeah. they found some old historical document and they worship these the these four gods who basically are the beatles you know I, I love the idea of you know that over time things become distorted so much and blake seven not 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 you not um deliberately or you know full frontal it it presents this world that is just totally alien to to, yes. to anything we know now you know i think they yeah they they could have they could have made a mistake and done the this is 50 years in the future type thing but i think i think 
it's so like you say it's so far ahead in the future that they can pretty much get away with anything so any look they can get away with <clears throat> pardon mm. me and any almost any spaceship design so the the london is um it's it looks quite blocky but it's obviously an interstellar craft mm. i mean we i don't think we we never really find out what the the warp speed equivalent other than time distort isn't it time yeah. distort 10 for the liberator yeah. but i'm not sure they ever use that for the federation ships but it must be, i mean it's the other thing that, that that gets me with it is the the sheer uneconomical way of, of sending 10 prisoners to another <laughs> galaxy this just, is very true bump them off you know or just mm. you know they they why is there no prisons on earth because because remember the although like uh blake is set up as as this child molester and Jenna's I mean, Villa's a petty thief. Yeah. <laughs> and yet they're, rather than sort of sending him to a, a local prison, they're sending him to another galaxy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I always, always, uh, always makes me chuckle with that. It's like, this, this doesn't seem cost effective. It the other thing does that's it? really, yeah. No, I, I can't see it being. The other thing that's really weird in the episodes when they're transporting the, to Signal South is how long does this trip take? <laughs> Because some dialogue maintains that, like, this is all you're going to see for the next X number of months or whatever. I just, it's, it's a very strange world like that, especially mm. when we come to learn how ruthless the Federation is in later episodes. Mm. You know, I, I think they do mention as well, don't I, is uh, Raker or one of them mentions, or it might be Villa, where they say they might just dump the prisoners out. Yeah out of the airlock, turn around. And I thought, that's a more Federation thing to do. That's exactly yeah. what I was going to say. Yeah, just yeah. go up into orbit, yeah. dump them, and, and land again. Why exactly, go that yeah. way? Yeah. It's, um, I suppose the, what we're forgetting, of course, is that they hadn't really nailed the, the, the whole backstory down in the first few episodes. No, that's true. So, so the, I mean, people are shocked that the, 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 the Federation, the, the, uh, uh, the authorities are corrupt, aren't they? Whereas obviously later on, they're obviously corrupt. They're, you know, it's a fascist state, and there's, there's certainly not a democracy. Yeah, and you do um, have so, good guys. Yeah, I mean, it, I, I mean, the captain of this ship yeah. is is painfully a good guy, isn't he? You know, yes, he, he yeah. wants what's right and he wants what's fair. So yeah, this is early he se- days. He seems an honest Joe. Yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. But anyway, so it's early days. Yeah. yeah. Well, we start with the London. It, it, it's been it's effectively blind through the uh, yeah. the result of encountering the debris from the battle. Uh, they know a ship is nearby, but they don't know just where. Now we're yeah. focusing just on the special effects bit, so we won't have the guy walking through the the bulkhead being filled up with shaving yeah. foam Shave or anything like that. Yeah. Um, Raker. I, but I, I just wanted to mention Raker as we're going into this. He's a nasty bit of work, isn't he? He is. He's, um, I've, I, I mean, I think we've all met people to a certain extent like Raker, usually outside nightclubs, yeah. not letting you in. <laughs> um, yeah, he, I mean, there's a really uncomfortable bit where he sort of, I mean, it, it, it's not even under, sort of underplayed or anything. He, he, he's going to rape Jenna, isn't he? Yes. He offers her an easy, an easy ride if he gets an easy ride. Mm. Um, it, yeah, very again, very adult. You wouldn't get that in Doctor Who, I don't think. Well, no, you know? I mean, as you say, you've got an implication and a threat of rape. The yeah. episode before, you've got Blake being tarred as a child molester. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's, this it's is not strong. Tom Baker, late Tom Baker Doctor no. Who, is it? You know, this is strong stuff for the BBC. 
Um, Especially at seven again, o'clock at night. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it used to be um, like uh, I think it was Question of Sport, something like that, and then straight into Blake Seven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Monday and, nights, uh, wasn't it? Monday nights. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, I remember Na- rushing Na- home from uh, college to see it. Yeah. <clears throat> It, it was it was like I say we as a family we all sat down to watch it. I I'd love to go back and and sort of be a uh, a bird's eye view of us watching this because like when Blake is done for child molesting, I'd, I'd love to see what my parents thought of that. <laughs> yeah, whether very very a lovely tone for the series, yes. but very unusual for for Doctor Who wouldn't do it. The BBC, like I say it. it it's got more of a survivor's vibe to it, mm. to me, to the, the stories. And of course, Terry Nation always wrote a good sort of end of the world, you know, a dystopian future yeah. uh, story. Usually the same one every time. Um, <laughs> but I, I, also, as you watch later episodes and they start, the budget obviously isn't quite there. You realize that the model work in this is pretty damn good. For for the time, I mean, certainly compared to doc, what the Doctor Who was doing at the same time, I mean the the London looks solid, looks like a good ship. It does it doesn't look like a tiny model. No idea how big it was, but it it fe- it all feels real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we'll get onto that in behind the scenes. I've I've got a few things to say on that. So. But just getting back to Raker, you know, he he, he was played by um, the stalwart villain Leslie Schofield. Yes, um, who. He, he he was in Star Wars, and Raker, you know, in this episode, made such an impression on me that he's the guy in Star Wars who who uh, he, he has a scene with Darth Vader to begin with, and at the end, he's the guy that says to Grand Moff Tarkin, we've analysed their attack, and there is a yep. possibility, do you want to evacuate, you know? And every time I watch Star Wars now, it's like, no, that's Raker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, do you, do you think he, he sort of ended up, either that he got demoted and ended up on the death? <laughs> Star, or, but he, yeah. he plays it so well. I mean, he, again, he, he's appeared in a few Doctor Who's, hasn't he? As, yes. as nasty types. Um, I remember him in one of them. He was wandering around. It might have been the, the first one with Leela, uh, Face of Evil, I think, where That's he's right. wandering yeah, around he in was. a loincloth, yeah. which uh, obviously not not the most distinguished of costumes to wear. Um, but he's, it, although he's, I, I mean, he almost veers into pan, pantomime evil, but he's he's he doesn't. He's really nice line that he plays in it mm. in that you sort of again the 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 captain obviously brings him up but on what he's doing but not enough to to curtail his uh, his wanton evilness yeah and and it, it it's little things like that that do fill in the the backstory of this universe that uh, that someone could get away with that um yeah it, it, it's it's fairly good stuff and the i can't remember the um the the sort of third in command the young young the fella one. yeah um he he doesn't he's i don't want to i don't want to sort of say he's not a good actor but he's not he's the weakest of the three yes um the uh, uh raker and um the commander what's the captain's name in this oh i've forgotten it oh i forgot yeah but really good actors yeah <laughs> yes. really 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 good actors yeah um, yeah no yeah 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 they're giving it aren't they you know? yeah yeah, yeah, they're 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 not being as sci-fi. Hmm, if you yeah. so, so, sounds a weird thing to say, but at that time, if a lot of actors, especially you watch Doctor Who, of the same thing. If it was sci-fi, they went into children's BBC mode. It's like pantomime, isn't it? It's like they think yes. they're in a pantomime. Yeah, you've got to overplay it. 
Yeah. Know, I'm evil. Ha ha ha. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Re- really nicely, nicely played part. Yeah. It's a shame he died, really. <laughs> it's a shame he dies. Yeah. yeah. Could have brought yeah. him back. He could have been a recurring villain. Yeah, instead of Travis. Yeah, I do like Travis. I do like Travis. <laughs> oh, we'll save that for another episode. Um, yeah, also, Raker's not an eye patch on Travis. Oh, 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 very good. Um, did you think of that, <laughs> or, do, or did you just make that up? No, that just went went straight into my head. Oh, much respect. I apologise. Yes. Much respect. <laughs> um, in in this scene where they're in the control room, did you notice that some of the control panels um, on the bridge there are from Jerry Anderson's UFO? Uh, I didn't. I'm not. I'm not. Uh, I, I've seen UFO. I'm, I wouldn't say I was a fan. So I've, it's something I've not got on DVD or uh, Blu-ray. Oh, I'll um, call you I know, the, I for an episode yeah. on that then. Yeah. Go. What was that? I don't know. I didn't watch it. I was watching. <laughs> it. Never heard of um, it. Yeah, never heard of it. He had a nice car, I remember. But I do. <laughs> I do know that the BBC bought a skip full of of stuff from Anderson Studios, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. He sold it or something. Because uh, several of them appeared in Doctor Who stories of the time, just that's slightly right. tarted up. Um, but, that, yeah, that's that's interesting. That Did you recognise that? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Go, that, I, I recognise that switch. There is a certain one there, and it's really? like, that's from UFO. And, you know, harking back to a uh, previous episode of yours, is that uh, it was also featured in The Green Death. That's um, correct, yes. Yeah, yeah, it's exactly the same fascia. It's the same panel. See, that was the beauty uh, of the bead back then, wasn't it? They never chucked anything away. <laughs> No, and, and I'll I tell you what, I thought that, um, you know, when the BBC bought it, because it's the Jerry Anderson, is Century 21 were the, yeah. um, you know, the special effects group. They were selling up because they were moving on. And the BBC, they bought a lot of the models and costumes because they used the spacesuits in Moonbase 3, didn't they? They were that's, from UFO. Yes, that's correct. Yeah. Um, and, you, you, you know, set things. But um, here, talking about the London, where you see, it's not in this scene, um, it's not in this episode, um, but when you see the London going round the planet they're on the way to, which I can't yeah. remember the name of, um, that uh, planet that you see it going round, that's the moon from Space 1999. Really? Yeah, it's the, it's the moon oh. model from Space 99 being reused again. So they... Oh. I thought it was an early 70s thing to pinch this stuff from, or, yeah. or, you know, buy some stuff from Jerry Anderson. But no, it, it was going on, you know, late 70s by the looks of it. Yeah, I suppose, well, I suppose unlike unlike the BBC, um, Century 21 presumably wouldn't have reused stuff like that. They would have, because it was new producers coming in, new, mm. you know what I mean? It, it, whereas the BBC is, at the time was very much a... Uh, like the studio system used to be in America, wasn't it? Everything was in house. Yeah. You, you, as a producer, you would go and visit like the special effects department, and the, you would pick your stuff out. The costumes would be all in storage. Yeah. So magic time. I'd have loved to have visited the beat back then. Yeah, I mean, I mean, saying about the UFO spacesuits in uh, Moonbase Three, they also appeared in the Goodies as well. I remember when they were in the Goodies. That, yes, well. oh yes, on the Rabbits on the Moon episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> if you ever do a Goodies one, I, I, I'm the man. For you. I love the Goodies. All Again, right. not aged well, not aged well at all. No, um, no. <laughs> interestingly, though, um, when when 2001 was uh, finished wrapping, um, Stanley Kubrick insisted on everything being destroyed, didn't he, to stop this. Mm-hmm. So perhaps mm-hmm. he was a very clever man. I think so. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, they're now anyway. historians would kill for those spacesuits. They sure would. Right. 
okay, they they they, they get their visuals back, and uh, we get to see what they see, um, and we see the ship that will go on to be called the Liberator. Uh, that it's almost upon them, and this is just, you know, it's just a the for for the BBC in the late seventies to have a shot like that is just, you know, it's stunning. It's a stunning it's, shot. It's uh, as uh, when you suggested this to the the topic of this talk to me, I, I think I said at the time, it's a, a hairs on the back of the neck rising moment. Mm. It's it's once you see it you don't forget it it's it's a beauty shot they've put all their money into this i don't think mm. the liberator ever looks as good again no sadly especially when you start getting the cardboard cutout liberator in later <laughs> seasons um but it's just it, it's amazing it's so unusual the ship design mm. classic and um I think you, you generally don't get a lot of idea of scale of Liberator, but there is, I think there's one shot, isn't there, where the, the London, which we already yeah. know is quite a big ship, and it's tiny, and you think, my God, this, is, this ship is immense. It's, yeah. it's, it's so big. Um, and it, as you say, it's so unusual. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's, it's such a radically different design. It's, so, it's such an alien design. Yes. And, and we get that very dramatic music when, yes. when we first see it as well, you know. That's it. You get the... The, the the Blake Seven sting yeah. comes in the music and, sting. and, and, and it's and almost it soft focus as well isn't it yeah. the photo is almost soft focus it's yeah. such a beauty shot you know? yeah it's, it's 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 like the old Star Trek when they had a, a female guest star and they would vaseline the lens the vaseline it's almost yeah <laughs> but I don't I mean it looks such an amazing model um, I I presume because they I, I know a little bit about the behind the scenes of of the Liberators and I know there was different size ones. Mm. And, and there was a big one. And I imagine this this first shot is the big one. This is the big one. This is the three-footer. The biggest one was three-foot. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. It, it's a stunning shot. And, and it still holds up now. You yes. Know? I mean, yeah. if have you got uh, any of the Space 1999 uh, series um, that they've um, Blu-rayed? Yes, yeah, I got. I, I I had series one for a long time, and then I, purely out of the collector in me, I went and got season two because I'm not a great fan of season two. The 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 cleaned up picture, the model work in in Space 1999 is amazing. It's yeah. it looks yeah. so good. I'd love uh, to see what this looks like in Blu-ray. Yeah. I, I I really would. I've I've got the you can you can buy the Dutch Blu-ray set, but it's not. It's much better than a DVD print, but it's certainly not a, a full HD print of it. Right. Um, it's, it's worth um, seeking out. I think it's, mad, it's something mad on eBay, like £17 for all four seasons. Oh, really? And it's, yeah, and it's, um, although it's a Dutch uh, box set, you can switch the Dutch subtitles off. Right. Um, and it, the, the picture quality is really good. Um, oh, I'll have to look that out. Uh, yeah. It's, it's oh, worth cool. getting. I say, I, I don't think they've done a... Because on the Space 999s, they, they obviously went in and put a lot of money into tidying it up, colour correcting it. So it looks it looks probably... Oh, I mean, it would look better than we ever saw it when it was first out. Yeah. And they haven't done this here. But it certainly improves it. certainly improves the, the look of the programme. I, uh, I, I think that the, certainly most of Season 1's model shots hold up really well. Yeah, and uh, and for the same reason, you know, with Space 1999, you know, they that they were um, filming it on film. They weren't using yes. video, you know, so that helps immeasurably. Yes, we talk we talked about this on on the Green Death episode. Didn't we? Exactly, yeah. The the difference between film and video is immense. Yeah, um, you never ever film your special effects on video. Well, uh, yeah, I I. I, I at some point, we've got to talk about uh, series four of Blake Seven, where they yes. everything was done on video. It's video. 
It looks awful. Oh it's it's just it's it's rubbish. I mean, it's that Series Four was that sort of. 1981 1982 period when they had obviously just discovered what the BBC called Quantel, which was mm. di- digital manip- manipulation for top of the pops and that, and they used it on everything. And it's utter crap. <laughs> it <laughs> looks rubbish. It's uh, and the less said about the uh, Scorpio, yeah. I, I know it has its fans, but pshaw. Again, again, just listening to them rather than yep. looking at them yeah. was was a great benefit for me. You know. <laughs> yes, definitely. <coughs> oh, excuse me. Of course, on the Liberator, uh, not only was it a uh, a brilliant design, a spaceship, it, it was pretty much a character as well with Zen, the the computer on board. Um, so I, I I do think this is almost the uh, you know the uh, the seventh character, isn't it? The Liberator. He, he most certainly is. And uh, again, listening to those um, C ninety tapes over and over again, yeah. you know. When the Liberator, spoiler alert, um, is destroyed yeah. and Zen apologizes about failing, yeah. you know, I get a lump in my throat every yeah. time that I listen to that or watch that now, you know? Yeah, uh, it's amazing. It's, it's, such a, it's such a good uh, sequence of, uh, of events when, when the poor Liberator starts to dissolve. Yeah. And then compare it to um, the end of season four where uh, Slave apologizes. It's like, yeah. Bleh. Yeah, I'll tell you what, I'll I'll have to have you back and we'll do a double bill of of the demise of both ships. Yes, that would be a good one, actually. Yeah, 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 we'll do that in the future. We'll do both the the, the, the demise of both ships and then we'll be interested to see, you know, how we rate both, you know? Yeah, we'll mourn the loss of the Liberator, laugh at the loss of the Scorpion. (laughs) Right, so back to the episode. Um, They they go in close and they see close-up hull sections. Yes. Of the Liberator, which I, I don't know, but they look very Martin Bauer to me. Yes. They're very, very busy, yeah. aren't they? You know, they're, they're much busier than the actual model. Mm. So I, I do. I, I mean, I think there's a lot of um, there's a lot of uh, fan speculation actually where the London docks and it, as yeah. to where, where, where on the ship does this. I mean, the, the poor BBC, they were never, especially with Blake 7, they're very good at. Uh, uh, at uh, matching shots, were they? So, no. I mean, especially Liberate itself, because they were different size models, they were each slightly different. So, I think later on, when they start in season two and perhaps season three, when they start mixing and matching shots, you get a sequence of shots where you get a lovely clean white Liberator, and then the very next turn, it's a, a manky, dirty yeah. Liberator, and yeah, it, yeah, yeah, then it's a cardboard cut out on a stick. It's yeah, uh, yeah but it, it, in in this, I think it still looks good. I um, I was just wondering. You said about the UFO. I wonder if perhaps it perhaps that whole panel was something off of UFO or no? I don't think so. I I, I, I think I think made, this is yeah. custom made. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I'm pretty sure it's Martin Bell. There yeah. are there are kit parts in there that I know yeah. Martin has used on on other things, and uh. it, it it really does smack. And also, I mean, it's something you know Andrew Glazebrook and I were talking about, you know, yep. certain model makers have a certain uh, style to them. Yes. You know, m- m- much like, you know, painted artists, you know, like a Frank Frazetta or whoever. They yep. have a, uh, a style. Martin Bauer has a very distinctive style. And that I, I, I'm pretty darn sure that's Martin Bauer because, of course, we'll come across this in behind the scenes. But he, he was working on the show at that yes. time. You know, I wouldn't be at all surprised if it, if it uh, wasn't him, you know. Yeah, anyway, I mean, they like say it certainly looks his sort of style, as you said. Yeah, yeah. So the uh, the, the London goes up, and uh, as you were saying there about scale and everything, 
Um, this time, the compositing of the two ships, I, I think, does work very well. We know the London is a big ship. Yeah. Um, and when you see the tiny London pulling alongside the Liberator, um, along near its uh, like uh, nose there, um, that really does give you an, a, a, an idea of how big the Liberator is. Now, I've, I, I've read over the years, there's, as you know, there's tons of speculation just how big the Liberator was. Yeah. And I, I, I've seen a lot of uh, thought that the crew section is just in that nose cone bit, the bit where the um, the London docks on, where you see it moving up to and then London docks on. It looks like further on in the episode, you know, where, where, when they go across and they open the hatch, they're almost on the bridge already. Yeah. So everyone yeah, says, well, def- that's where it definitely is. Definitely close. Yeah. Yeah. And, and a lot of people think that, you know, basically just that long nose of the Liberator, that's all the living areas. And the whole rest of the ship is the drive and propulsion systems for the ship, you know? Yeah, certainly. I mean, it also could be that the, the whole rest of that large area is the wardrobe rooms, judging by the, the clothes they wear later. But yeah, it's I mean, certainly when you when you first see a picture of the Liberator, I mean, certainly before I'd seen the show and I, you know, it'd been in like the Radio Times and I'm I'm not even sure whether the Jigsaw was out before the program or it came out just after. But I had a Jigsaw with Liberator and I, I for a long time before I saw the show thought it went backwards to as it does. That yeah. the, the, the green bow at the back was, oh, that must be the, the bridge. You know, that's the view screen or something like that. Um, it's a very clever design like that. But yeah, I, I've seen... I've seen fan-made blueprints of the inside of Liberator, and uh, and I I don't really worry too much about that. It's mm. you know I I, I can understand there's a, you know it'd be nice to know, it'd be nice to see, but I I do like the fact that it's it's a mystery. It is yeah. the very word you used was alien. Everything yeah. about it screams alien. It's it's a shame that later on when we meet the people that make the Liberator, they're leotard wearing uh, Egypts, aren't they? It's it, yeah, light blue leotards as well. Yeah. That's even worse. Light blue. You know? <laughs> yeah, light blue, light light blue aerobics teachers built the yeah. Liberator. It's and it wasn't a, a unique ship. Of course, it was the uh, uh, unlike Comet miniatures getting it wrong when they released the model. It, the Liberator was the DSV two. <laughs> it yeah, was yeah, the second yeah. ship. You know, yeah. um, and it sort of took some of the the, the mystery away from it. I, yeah. I I I think it's I don't think it's in this in episode two but episode I think it's episode three where they they're sort of just starting to explore the inside of the Liberator which looks amazing mm. the bridge of the Liberator looks amazing Zen is just astonishing and they find the 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 guns the Liberator blasters and the bracelets and everything is just so alien and unusually mm. designed it's I love yeah. it it's magical you yeah. know many many other shows would have just had ray guns as you know a gun shape or or something like that but it, i all hats off to the designers on this yeah no they might have just reused something that they had in stock you yes, know like they yeah. were doing with other things you know and i'm yeah. so glad they didn't um something you said back then um, um martin bauer famously said you know that when he he, he saw the model he thought the uh right. the green globe at the back was the cockpit you know and it was like yeah yeah, it's, you yeah know, it seems obvious perhaps it was about five it was people you know? yeah. <laughs> perhaps it was yeah um yeah i think that it just it feels like it should fly the other way around and um of course when you mentioned about the the immense scale of the liberator um i was always a bit disappointed later on um in season one i i think it's season one the when travis appears and he's chasing the liberator with his federation pursuits i know what you're gonna say 
yeah when th- th- they go to ram each other and you suddenly realize the pursuit ships are the same size as the liberator yeah and it's like oh no, 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 right. no. That, yeah. no, that's just cheapness, isn't it? They didn't yes, have any that's... money. They had two models, and yeah. all they could do is have them on their stands, everything blacked yeah. out, and push Wheel the two together, models yeah. together. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Yeah, it the just, pursuit I... ship is a three-person fighter. You yeah. know, it is not as big as the Blooming Liberator. You know? Well, they, they, they make a big, a, a big fuss later on um, when the Scorpio uh, is first unveiled that, that it's got atmosphere on the whole ship. Hmm. So, so Earth ships are obviously like the the pursuit ships. They're obviously like say a cockpit, and yeah. you're stuck in there. There's no, you know, there's no other rooms, things like that. And yet suddenly it's it's the size of Liberator. What? Where was the rest of the pursuit no, ships? That's, what, that, that's just zero yeah. budget. That is yeah. just zero budget. Right. The uh, the uh, they, they decide to go on board and try and board her and and claim salvage rights. Yeah. They send the old transfer tube over. I, I I like the model work here. The, 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 as that tube extends, I mean that could have been quite naff, but I I think that still looks pretty good. Yeah, I think it holds up. And again, they could have gone down the uh, we've got we've got spacesuits that have uh, force fields on, and then just have the old Kirby wire actors going across a back black a black background. So I like the fact that they. They manually had to dock with the Liberator. They yeah. had to send it. I mean, it just it it, it adds a, a level of realism. I mean, it sounds terrible talking about Blake Seven and realism, but it adds a level of realism <laughs> to to the feel of the episode. Um, I can remember as a kid playing that scene, walking across the, you know, as kids. It's, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. It, it it sticks in your mind. Such I'm a good image. A, yeah, I'm going to yeah. put a photo up on Facebook of, you know, yeah. uh, the destination for the travel tube. That part of the Liberator, you know, it, it's almost yellow. Really? Yeah, in that shot, it's almost yellow. I don't know why. Um, I'm sure they didn't, it, it wasn't painted that color. It must no, be, it yeah, could, yeah, could yeah, be light. Colored filter, yeah, on the yeah. lights. Yeah, very weird. Um, so anyway, that, that, that the travel tube goes over, you know, the people go on board. Um, this isn't a podcast about the whole episode, so we're going to pause there and we're just going to zip forward to the next time we see the Liberator, which is at the end. Excellent. Where this, this always takes me out that, um, you know, as we've been discussing, you know, the Liberator, this is this totally alien ship, unlike anything they've ever seen before. Callie and Avon learn how to fly that thing blooming fast, don't you think? Yes, they. <laughs> I, they, I, they could have, they could have put a line in when, because obviously uh, Zen um, telepathically uh, connects with Blake, Avon, and Jenna, and I think they could have just put a line in where Jen, where Blake or Avon says, "How, how do you know how to do that?" And Jenna says, "I just do." Or something like, that would have just covered it. Yeah. for me. But yeah, yeah. they, they pick up. It's like quick, let's. Let's work out what I mean, especially when you see all the the the, the lovely um, uh, Liberator control deck, and it's just banks of switches. Yeah. I mean, the chances of hitting the go button, <laughs> pretty slim. If you were to get into genius, a seat, yeah. If you yeah. were to get into a two-seater plane tomorrow, yeah. and somebody says, "Right, fly it," I don't think you would. I'd have trouble putting the interior light on in the plane, <laughs> I think. Or opening Let the alone, door to get yeah. in it. <laughs> yeah, I, I suppose um, they do They do mention, I don't know whether they mentioned then, but they certainly do later on that Jenna is the best star pilot in the galaxy. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, and Avon's the best computer expert, or the second best, isn't he? Because the best is yeah, the guy that caught, guy caught, which I think him. is a yeah, lovely, yeah. a lovely a good villa, villa line. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> I loved Villa. Villa was always my favourite. I think. Yeah, Villa's uh, my favourite too. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, still, yeah. Yes, yeah, certainly still. Um, and now a, a, a vicar in EastEnders. Oh dear. Um, <laughs> how the mighty have fallen. Actually, talking about Raker, you say about EastEnders. Uh, Raker was Jeff in EastEnders for uh, right. for quite a few years. So EastEnders is the pension plan for Blake Seven Actors then, that's what yeah, we're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shame old Gareth Thomas isn't around anymore because he would have ended yeah, up in that. Yeah, he would well, have ended yeah. up. Didn't, didn't actually, um, didn't both Travises end up in EastEnders? Yeah, the, they the, did, the second one certainly yeah. did because then everybody knew him from that because – yes. I don't know if he's still doing it now, but when I was at the Canterbury Cinema, he was a taxi driver. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he, he quit acting, or he, wow. he he reduced his acting right down. I think he just end, ended up doing pantos. And he was actually uh, uh, Brian Croucher, isn't it? The yes, second yeah. one. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. He um yeah he he was a taxi driver in uh, Canterbury, and I'd 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 go out the cinema and walk down the town, you know, on my lunch break, and he'd be there in taxi rank. You'd have Travis in a taxi waiting for a fare, you know? How surreal is that? That's just mad. Are you sure you were, You didn't just, you know, no, you, I you swear. drank a bit it too was, much? No, no, the no. The celluloid no, no. fumes it, had got you. Yeah, no, no. That's amazing. It's, yeah, yeah I, weird. Yeah, right? I, um, I, I like both Travis's. Um, yeah, something that pops up on Facebook all the time if you're over in any Blake Seven groups is which Travis is better? Yeah. Um, which is a mindless <laughs> question. Um, I, I love Stephen Grief, the first Travis. He, he's a he's pardon the French. He's a hard bastard mm. in it. Whereas um, Brian Croucher's Travis is a is very much a damaged person. But my fave ever Travis moment, which involves Villa as well, is Brian Croucher's Travis, where he's getting Villa to say the word. What the whole say it, yeah. say it, say, it, say the it. word, yeah. the word. It's just <laughs> amazing. It. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's just amazing. <laughs> and, I mean, the, um, Michael Keaton as well is such a good actor. He he portrays the fear so much, and it's like you're he you're saying it along with him. He's like, he? yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like I'll tell him. <laughs> I'll I'll tell Travis. Just leave Villa alone. But yeah, it's, I think I I, I I'm I I don't think I'm think I'm right in saying that Blake Seven has never been repeated. Certainly since its initial sort of run and they might have repeated certain oh, episodes I don't remember yeah. it no but but i think it it deserves a repeat i think i think if it's been long enough that if they repeated it i think it would be quite popular it's superbly acted other than a few duff episodes hmm. there's a, you know I, I won't pretend that blake seven is uh, the perfect program it's certainly not um but i think it would survive and it horrifies me that they keep talking about remaking it no, that can't Don't, happen. Yeah. No. Oh, uh, sadly, I think it could happen, but yeah, it, it shouldn't be allowed to happen. No, they've it, done it, audio things, haven't they? They've done audio adventures God, with different bad, people, yeah. you know. Yeah. yeah. No, I don't want to go there. No, I don't want to go there. I don't blame you. They, they, they weirdly did uh, a series with different actors and they rewrote it. And, and although they're really good actors, it's utter dross. It's rubbish. And then they've done a series of, of, uh, BBC ones with the actual actors and they're rubbish. <laughs> they're just awful. It's right. like whoever wrote it has never seen an episode in their life. Oh, you know, you've got, oh, you, you've got, you've got scenes, the whole scenes of, of where Villa's eating uh, a sandwich and he gets tomato ketchup on his shirt. 
It's like, wow, I remember those sort of scenes in Blake 7. No. Yeah, it's utter, utter... No, it's nonsense. Not not worth no, the no, effort. No. But v- v- Villa has adrenaline and soma. Yeah, no, no, he has he has ketchup. tomato ketchup. Yeah, that survived. No, okay. So it's just. Oh, well, thanks for the warning. There, yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't bother. Listen to your old C nineties. You'll get much more enjoyment out of it. Excellent. All right, I will. I will. Right, we've 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 got one last bit um, towards the end of the uh, special effects yeah. here. Is when the liberator pulls away. Um, right. Callie and Avon, they've managed to. Uh, to uh, control it and they go to fly away blake's desperately trying to uh close <laughs> shut, the hatch shut the fridge door, before, yeah. yeah before raker raker shoots him doesn't he raker's in the travel tube must point out raker's in yes. the travel tube shoots him he's still trying to shut the door um shuts the door the liberator pulls away and uh raker floats away oh well, he sort of dangles away. Yeah, he it's dangles. very evident he's on two yeah. wires. It's like watching Peter Pan in pantomime, isn't it, with the way he comes yeah, out he, of that tube? He, he, he Kirby wires away, doesn't he? He's, uh, he does a bit. Yeah, 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 yeah. A bit unfortunate, that. Yeah. But uh, so anyway, that's it. I mean, that's the end of the special effects sequences uh, for this episode. Um, and uh, so we'll go on to behind the scenes. Yeah, on on the behind the scenes of Blake Seven, I think it. I I know a little bit, but I don't know as much as say Doctor Who, because it doesn't seem to, to to have as much sort of documentation. Um, mm. I mean, certainly behind the scenes photos are few and far between. Certainly of the model work, I think, um, to the to the point where that you know there's there's lots of discussion on like say what part of the liberator is this and it's i don't think this is well documented hopefully you've got a few facts yeah i've got i've got some facts i i think you know as as you say the series when when we got into the second series and terry wogan's getting involved uh with keith blake and everything i i think by the time it got to you know the end of the second series into the third you know people were aware it was popular so things were documented more then yeah back here at the beginning no 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 it, it was kind of dark times it, it, it's quite sparse i've got I, i've got some information but not as much as i would have liked for sure yeah you would, you would have thought i mean we're so used to i suppose this day and age where every single thing of every single production is documented to the mm. nth degree um that yeah it is surprising um how little seems to be about do you remember the there was a, a blake seven magazine yeah, um, uh, a while back. I mean, Christ must be talking in like 1980s, and yeah. uh, I think they got got about six or seven epi- uh, episodes, six or seven issues in, and they did a like a, a two page spread of of shots from season one, black and white, grainy, and mm. that was amazing to me because I'd never seen mm. any photos before from season one. It was like wow, and you'd think yeah. they'd just you know there'd be endless shots. Because it wasn't in the radio times, as I say at no. the beginning, you know, you just had a listings and, and that was it. You know, they, they, they didn't feature on, you know, talk shows no. or anything like that. I know later on in series two and especially series three, you know, you have Matt Irvin yeah. turning up on Saturday morning TV shows talking about special effects. But not no, not there at the no. first series. Not at all. And it's like I remember the, the, the Blake Seven annuals that came out. Yeah, and they were so disappointed because there there was photos on the cover, but then everything else was just art, really bad artwork inside. Bad line work. Yeah, wasn't it? terrible. Yeah. And I, I, I think there was a you know I, we we were crying out as young fans for the 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 blueprints to the Liberator and the you know I mean we knew how to make a bracelet 
from Blue Peter, of course. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's sparse, sparse information. It, it I think. is sparse. Um, I, I, I read that, you know, actually, um, Blake 7 has got a bit of a, a, a kindred ship with uh, 2000 AD, the comic 2000 AD. In, the, oh. in, in, in both cases, um, people, you know, behind the scenes had seen that there's this film coming called Star Wars. Yeah. And in both cases, they had predicted that science fiction is going to be the next big thing. So that's what sparked 2000 AD's creation. And that's what got the BBC thinking, right, we're going to do something to match Star Wars, yeah. you know? It's weird. It's strange as well that the first, certainly the first episode of Blake, I think, has a more Logan's Run feel than Star Wars. And obviously, well, Lo- Logan's Run was huge. It's yeah. like 75, 76, when they would have been. So I, I wonder if, had Star Wars not hit big, would we have had more of a Logan's Run style? I don't know, because you, you've, certainly, mm. you've certainly got the domed yeah. cities in the first episode of... Uh, um, you know, Blake seven, uh, sorry, Logan's run. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, that, 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 that was the initial start of it. But of course, I don't, I don't know if you've heard this, but, um, um, Blake seven famously, uh, replaced Zed cars um, no, I did, in the did, schedules. Did, yeah. 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 It, it replaced Zed cars. They canceled Zed cars, but, um, it also inherited not only the time slot, uh, but it inherited the budget. So you're going from this cop show, you know, a modern day cop show budget, and you've then got to, you know, make this uh, science, gritty science fiction TV show. And I I think Um, even calling calling Zedcar's a modern day cop show is probably pushing the budget. (laughs) It was a very very talky. There was never any action scenes, really. uh, No, 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 no. Um, and, and all the special effects sequences uh, for Series 1 were filmed at Bray Studios. Yep. Um, and according to producer David Maloney, um, this episode here used up the whole effects budget uh, of Series 1. Wow. Now, I, I don't believe that. Maybe most of it, not all yeah. of it, because, of course, they would never have filmed anything else. No, they would, but, but they would have just maxed it. <laughs> Yeah, certainly that does explain, you know, the high quality of an awful lot yeah. of the shots there, you know. I mean, it's. Uh, I, I think they got their money's worth out of, obviously, if, if it was that expensive to, like, build the three Liberators. and it, I think they got their money's worth out because they, they reused the shots hmm. sort of ad nauseum and, until well, the Liberator well, disappears. Matt Irvin has said, you know, that he knew the budget was running out. So while they had the facility to film these things, he filmed a ton of the shots yeah. of the Liberator, you know, going left to right, right to left, up, down and whatever, you know. So they had stock footage that they could then use later on, you know. Certainly. It yeah. makes sense. I mean, you know, it, it, there's, there's a, I, 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 again, I, I, I'd need to go and look at it, but I don't know whether it's towards the end of season one or it is season two when the captain zepp photo of liberator <laughs> start, it becomes an animate and that, that even as a kid that jarred so much i'd, I'd point to telly and scream it's cartoon it, i don't know yeah. I, I i quite like them the, really? the, the, oh. these very bizarre ones where you've got yeah. like you, 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 you know 20 planets in yeah. the scene you've got millions of yeah. stars and you've got a cartoon liberator yeah. it just had something about it that uh, um, it, it, it was just different yeah. you know it was, it was just different it was certainly different i certainly i'll uh, i'll go there <laughs> it was definitely different but i, I think comparing it I, 
perhaps we were spoiled that we had the lovely, beautiful, liberated shots. So perhaps if there had been that style of of special effect all the way through, it might not have jarred. Yeah. But yeah, uh, yeah I, I certainly remember being horribly disappointed whenever they would show one like that. No, but, right, right. Yeah. Although, I mean, you get... You, you, the good thing about Blake Seven is you get swept up into the story pretty quickly, so yeah, you're not you're, it, you're not reliant on the special effects. Yeah, you'll forgive it, so, won't yeah, you? Yeah, it, you, you'll forgi- yeah, you'll forgive you'll forgive something you love, and I think with Blake Seven, I think it's very hard to be just a casual viewer. Hmm. I think, and and perhaps that's why I remember it as having such uh, uh, being so popular is that the when you watched it the people that liked it loved it hmm. um it, it yeah well it, it I, I don't think it's a sort of program that like a, a so i mean of course there, there wasn't really any eastenders or anything like that but i i don't think it was something you watched and then oh that was okay it and was forgot. Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah it was definitely a talking point yeah and it, it explains the fandom that it's got yes. you know to this day doesn't it that's, yeah. that's right yeah. it's um and a, 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 again a, a strange a strange fandom in that it's um Seems to be majority female. I don't I know if that's, you were yeah. going to say that. I don't know if that's Avon. <laughs> it's Avon and Villa, isn't yes. it? That's what's doing. Oh, and Tarrant, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. People like Tarrant. I, I never well, My really wife liked has just Tarrant. gone four in the background. Really? Did, oh. you, did you hear her? Uh, yeah. I did. Yeah. She didn't say it for Avon. She didn't say it for Villa, but she did say it for Tarrant. It's. Do you remember? The, oh, it's the hair. Apparently, is it the hair? Curly oh. hair. Yeah. So, I, I, ironically, though, um, the I don't think Tarrant ever got his top off, but but Blake and Villa did didn't they in one horrible they episode did. yeah that yeah. wasn't very nice yeah no. Brit- british <laughs> british 1970s men british not... beefcake <laughs> yes yes it's... Oh, and, and, and that's 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 sort of a strange fact as well is that blake was such a an unheroic looking <laughs> he looked like a supply teacher it was amazing <laughs> Um, you look, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, yeah. he just needs those leather pads on yep. his shoulder, oh, on his it. elbows, he's, he's, doesn't he's he? Yeah. He's re- again really good actor. Gareth, the late Gareth Thomas, such a good actor. Oh, he's brilliant. You know, he was Shakespearean, brilliant. wasn't it? Great. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But the other thing, of course, that that I mean, the, the fans love Avon and they love his amazing put downs. In real life, of course, what a horrible man to be about. <laughs> you would, he wouldn't have any friends. No one would stick up for him. No. It, that would never happen. All no. these people that stick by him all the yeah, way through. would not happen. You know, and when Callie in one of the episodes says, oh, we've, oh no, Dana says, oh, we've talked about it and we've decided we, we care for you. And it's like, no, what? No, no, no. You just get shot of him. Yeah, he, he would he would wake up one day dead when he was a knife in his back. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, 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 it's a great to listen to, but I think Avon is, is possibly, and this might be contentious, is possibly one of the least realistic characters in it mm. as far as he, he's, he's an amazing character, but he's not a realistic character. Blake, I think, Villa certainly, I, I think I always identified with Villa, um, Gan to a certain extent, but uh, Avon, yeah, he wouldn't, c- certainly season two onwards, Avon would not, be someone you would keep about <laughs> he wouldn't survive it's, it's like sheldon in the big uh, yeah. big bang theory you, he would just get his face smashed yeah. in wouldn't he you know acting like that that's it Pe- people don't grow to love you when you're uh and being an obnoxious, yeah. obnoxious well i can't say yeah. the word because my children are still yeah. <laughs> yeah i mean we, we've all met someone that's obnoxious but you don't hang around with them you don't uh, you don't stay friends with them yeah. for long do you you, cer- no. you certainly don't follow them into uh dangerous situations no life and death yeah yeah, no, yeah. 
Anyway, right, um, Liberator, um, have you ever seen, I'm going to put it on Facebook, have you ever seen Ian Schoons's original design for the Liberator? I, I think I probably must have at some point. In It looks like yeah. a Star Destroyer, basically. Oh, perhaps I haven't then, no, I... Ah. Right. Uh, yeah. In in which case, I'll definitely put it up on Facebook. Um, yeah. It looks like a star destroyer with a hang. It's even got the hanger underneath. Oh, okay. He's written on the side a hanger underneath. So he he must have seen I was gonna say, Star how Wars or have, seen yeah. photos. Yeah. See, this is the thing. It came out in January '78. So it would have gone into production what in the summer? Yeah. Yeah. No. That. Yeah. No. That works. That works, yeah. doesn't it? Because also, wise. also it. Would, it was all done at uh, Shepperton, was it? Star Wars? No, Bray. Bray. Oh, oh, oh. So, so, no, no, that's L Street. L Street. Star Wars was L Street. So, so yeah. presumably, everyone would have known each other. Ian Schoons would have known yeah. the guys working on it. So yeah, I suppose yeah, that, yeah, yeah. that that does fit. Yeah, and the film the, the the film was actually released in May. If they didn't start, you know production on it until like june july he could have seen photos he could have seen clips you know yeah it's it, it's too similar to just be a coincidence yeah. i'm sure of it you know that does sort of that does sort of make me wonder how they think they'd get away with it mm. yeah you know i mean we've all seen films like star crash um, yeah, but again, I mean, I've, I, 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 we've discussed this before. Where where you see films that you know blatantly rip off, you know, Star Wars. Of course, when they were doing that, Star Wars had only been out for a while, and so all this, all the the, the films and the TV shows that were ripping it off hadn't seen that anybody else had ripped it no, off. So maybe true. they all had the first yeah. idea. <laughs> they all thought, "We'll get away with this." Yeah, 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 yeah. Could, yeah, yeah. Could be. So, yeah, so anyway, Ian Schoons, he, he came up with an original design for the Liberator, radically different from what we ended up with. He also came up with an original design for the London, which is very different. It's almost got a beak like an eagle from really? Space 1999, and it's got an open hold area in the middle with a crane sort of thing. Again, I'll put the photos up on yeah. Facebook. Um, but, of course, you know, the Liberator that we know wasn't actually Ian Schoons' design. It was a guy called uh, Roger Murray Leach. Ah, right, yes. Heard of that gentleman. Who, yeah, well, he's the set designer. Um, and it's a real oddity that a set designer would actually make mm. something for the miniatures department. But that's what he went and did. Um, and he designed it. Is pretty much His original design is pretty much like what we ended up seeing, yeah. except because he was a set designer and not a model maker, he wasn't really aware of what you could and couldn't do. And the ball at the back, the green ball we've been talking about, wasn't actually a ball it was more of like a, a an egg shape yeah i can't remember matt irvin in one of the documentaries about B, uh, blake seven special effects calls it a, a trapezoid spheroid or something like that some rather <laughs> fancy fancy <laughs> name that does sound like matt irvin yeah <laughs> Yeah, because uh, very Matt Irvin, he then follows yeah. it up with uh, sort of like a Satsuma when you've sat on it, yeah. you know, very Matt Irvin. Um, um, so, yeah, that, that that was the original design, but it, it just became easier to actually make make the globe from two clear hemispheres from um, EMA products, yeah. you know, which promptly melted every time they uh, forgot to turn the light off. Yes, I've, I've heard that they, they, they would melt the green ball quite regularly. Yeah, because um, they put halogen bulbs in yeah. it to, to to make it nice and bright, and then forget to turn it off while they were filming, and then it it it, yep. it would melt. Yeah, 
and and usually for I suppose because of the size of the Liberator, um, the the because the BBC generally tend to on their special effects tend to convert other items, don't they? They mm. you know the yeah. famous hair dryers of Matt Irvin, etc. So <laughs> I often look at the Liberator because it, it's one of those one of those uh, kit bashes that I I keep wanting to have a go at and then never get around to because it is quite a complex sort of series of shapes um and i often look and think is that an item they've converted and i think perhaps if they built the big one first perhaps it's not it's it's just they've layered perspex and you know plywood and it's just flat panels things like that um yeah but I i often sometimes hope to see something on it and then realize it's a uh, a drinks container that i can get three no. of and go oh yeah there's there's my liberator no um, no no I, i'm afraid not because it it wasn't built by the bbc it wasn't uh, built by uh martin bauer who of course would turn drinks yes yes into, yes into things famously uh no no it was built by a company called space models oh. who uh who who supplied it um when it arrived at the studio, it had the most, uh, only the most rudimentary detailing on it. You know, it, yeah. you know th- there was hardly anything there. And because there was hardly any detail on it, it was hard to gauge what the scale of the thing was. Yeah. So that's when it was passed over to Martin Bauer, who added tons of panel lines and details and stuff and uh, um, came up with the, 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 the Liberator we see in that beauty shot, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's a very busy as we said, it's a very busy ship. So I wonder yeah. if they were aiming at sort of a, an original series enterprise from Star Trek, which is obviously a, a very smooth flat, mm. depending on, you know, there's lots of arguments about what your model was, the original color, but very, very detailless almost. Yes. So I wonder if yeah. they were perhaps, you know, if, if they've gone off to somewhere and said, make us a spaceship, did they in the back of their mind think, oh, spaceships are smooth. Yeah, and, uh, do it that way. Interesting. Yeah, though, that's, that, yeah. Sorry. No, I was going to say that's contradicted when you see the close-ups when you know the London crew are looking at the close-ups and you see all the tons of details. Yeah. It's one of these things. It must be a big ship. If you're seeing it from so far away, you can't see the detail, yeah. and you've got to get up close to actually see the working yeah. detail. You know. I suppose it it could be that. Yeah, that it's you know it's it's very far away. <laughs> but yeah. uh, in, interesting though that you say it wasn't built by the beep. So you've got. The two iconic BBC creations of the Daleks and the Liberator, yeah. both made by people other than the BBC. Exactly. Yeah. It's strange, <laughs> strange that. Not, not to malign the BBC special effects department, of course, but uh, yeah, of I, course, I, I yeah. honestly didn't know that. It wasn't made by the BBC. Yeah, yeah, and also Martin Bauer, who detailed it and made it look like the Liberator that we know so well now, didn't work for the BBC. He was freelance. Yeah. So, you know, he wasn't even a BBC employee, the, yeah. the person who actually made it look better. You know? Which, <laughs> which I must have, it must have been strange then for the, cause, cause presumably was the filming done by the BBC or was that done? Yeah, no, yeah. that was done by the BBC. Yeah. So there must, yeah. must have been a little bit of, uh, of, um, conflict there that the, the guys that are filming are going, we could have done that. See, that's what we need to read about. Don't yeah, we? that's, that's what, what I want to know. We want the juicy gossip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I, I, yeah. Do you know um, how much it cost to make? I have no well, idea. I bet it was expensive. No we, we, we might go into the Liberator more on, you know, future episodes, yeah. you know, because it's going to feature in an awful lot of them. Um, and we'll glean some more information and divulge that as we go. Uh, the London, though, um, still exists. Oh. Uh, the London exists um, uh, with uh, Matt Irvin. 
no. still still owns it. Apparently, I never I never watched the show, but uh, there was a children's uh, BBC TV series called Space Vets. God, no, that does not ring a bell. It doesn't ring a bell, but apparently there was a series. Matt Irving did the special effects for it, and the London uh, was reused for that. Now I'm wondering, is is that about space veterans or is it about space veterinarians? Uh, I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I really don't know. So I, I'll have to look into that and maybe put links to it up on the Facebook page. Yeah, that would yeah. that would be interesting. Of course, the um, there's a lot of controversy over. Uh, the original Liberator, isn't there? There's one that appears yeah, on, on eBay is. regularly for a phenomenal <laughs> amount of money that is yes. almost definitively been debunked, hasn't it? That That's not the original. That's a recreation, yeah. yeah. As far as I can tell, the, the, the only genuine lasting piece of the original Liberator yeah. is owned by Matt Irvin, which is covered in the gunk and yeah. everything. Spoilers. Yeah. Uh, when the Liberator is destroyed, it's covered in this goo, which uh, decays it and eventually uh, causes it to explode. Matt Irvin still has one of the uh, of the three propulsion oh, right. pieces, you know? Yeah. But yeah, there's there, there's <coughs> endless debate as to who owns what bit and which bit is more genuine than the other bit, you know. And I suppose with the the lack of documentation from that time, it's an easy market for the scam artists, isn't it? To, there you go. To, yeah. To to sell used liberators. Yeah, I, I I'm I'm just hoping, you know. Um, I mean, you you mentioned earlier in the episode that Comet produced yes, a. Yes. Yeah. It, it was a very nice but very small liberator model. <laughs> Um, but I'm hoping that at some point we get a larger one, you know, that doesn't cost the earth. Well, I, I hope so. I mean, we've had the the round two models, uh, Eagle, which mm. uh, I, I certainly can't afford to buy, um, but is a very impressive looking kit. And yeah, yeah the I, I remember going down to, to Lavender Hill to buy the Comet model from Tony James when it first came out. And he bought out this tiny, tiny little box from behind the counter. And it was like, what? <laughs> it, it, yeah. It's a very small ship. Because, I mean, it, it was nice, but it wasn't very well detailed. And it was a, a pick to put together. Um, yeah. But we really had, there, there was that and the Corgi one, which I'm looking at on my shelf right now. You remember the little Corgi Liberator? Yeah, 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 yeah. Which is, it, again, thinking back, that's how how we got a corgi liberator i don't know um you know it's such a, <laughs> and strange, a jigsaw and a jigsaw and some annuals yeah um but yeah we we've never we've never had uh, and it, it although I, I if i had a lathe i think i could probably turn out a liberator but i don't have access to a lathe but you think from a modeling point of view it's quite easy because you've got three three arms that are all identical mm-hmm. you've got a circular uh, midsection and then you've yeah. got the ball at the back so you would you would think that a, a model producer could could knock one up i've seen some awful resin kits over over the years of it um there was a good resin yeah. kit by a company called titan find right. um and that would have been yeah. ooh, about 18 inches long yeah um, and they're like gold dust now. They were that, that they were a friend of mine had one and that was very good. I've, I've got their pursuit ship. Yeah. That's a really good that one. Nice. That's about 12 inches long. And they did a Scorpio as well, which was not something I was that interested in. No, it's very, um, very but it would be design. nice to, to BBC Enterprises. Why can't you, you, you know, just 
get your ass in gear. I mean, like Red Dwarf, you know, yeah. produce some kits from there. I mean, Red Dwarf's still very, very popular. You yeah, know? the market's there, I think. Yeah, I think Although so. I, yeah. I think that I think the BBC still go down that oh, sci-fi isn't popular attitude, don't they? Which is amazing when you think about it with all their successes. Yeah. I mean, I did. I um, I recently got a 3D printer. Not blowing my own trumpet or anything. I mean, a lot of people have them now. Um, so, so we bought a three D printer, my wife and I, and um, you made a Blake Seven. Exactly. Gun. Yes, we we printed yeah. out a Blake Seven <laughs> clip gun, and it came out remarkably well. So, one of my next ones that I want to do, and I keep saying to her, "Can you can you find the the, the patterns and that?" Is a a, a liberator. Um, mm-hmm. So if that if that does come about, I'll uh, I'll let you know on that one. And oh, then, let uh, us know. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, might 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 get one anyway. But yeah, the um, <laughs> I I'm looking at my shelf now. I got a Blake Seven shelf in in where I'm recording this in my little modelling room, and there's a Blake Seven shelf, and you've got the the clip gun and the bracelet, and then of course my 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 pride of place part of a, an original Liberator gun that Martin Bauer gave me many many years ago when I was at a convention with you. Do you, I don't remember you getting that. Yeah, I've got. What, yeah, he. What, what bit of the gun? Uh, it's the um, the wand, the the turned acrylic. Oh no way! Yeah, he. Um, we we were doing. It was when we were doing the sculpting for the the. It, it won't interest a lot of people. The, the the convention. It was a modeling convention and a club that Eric and I were in, and um, they they'd asked a few of us to 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 sculpt some stuff over the weekend and i'd i'd been sculpting stuff and i was sat with martin bauer who was a big hero of mine at the time mm. um still is um and chatting away and he'd seen a a photo of some uh blake seven bracelets that i'd made and he said oh you don't like blake seven do you it's very typical martin he's a very disparaging guy <laughs> to the stuff he's done um and he goes hold on a minute and he goes out to his car and he comes back in and it's the tip and he goes that's the that's off one of the original guns. Yeah, you can have it, and it's wow. it's sat on my shelf now. I've made a bunch, and it's like wow, and it's uh, yeah, and that's my pride my my pride of place Blake Seven item that is sat on the I shelf. I didn't know that. I would have fought you for I, it. I, I would have you mugged knew. you in, yeah. in 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 the elevator <laughs> going up to the room. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know that. I, yeah, I, I, I remember the, yeah. the the con, but I don't remember that. Blimey. Yeah, it was it was you, um, you lucky so late late one night. Yeah, I was just in the right place at the right time. But so again, so these these genius model makers from our youth, um, so disparaging of their own talent. Yeah, they are. And and yeah, it's. It, it's humbling almost yeah yeah yeah, yeah, so so clever and and i i remember um saying about martin bar again i visited him in his uh went to his house once and in his garage door was propped open by a model of the sun probe from thunderbirds i was like (laughs) wow i love him he's barking that guy he really is yeah (laughs) it's uh but so talented so yeah. talented. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, I, I stand in the shadows of these people. See, I'm, I, I think that's the appeal of a, a lot of these people is because they are like that. Yeah. If they were really up themselves, yeah. you really wouldn't, wouldn't want anything to do with them, would you? No, you know, no, that's true. If they were, yeah, I don't. I think it's their very humbleness of what they've done. Yeah, they're just so down to earth, yeah. aren't they? And I suppose know? to them, it was just a job, wasn't it? It was, yeah. you know. The, the reason a lot of this stuff hasn't survived is because it was just a job. It would be like, you know, I think we mentioned before, asking a plumber about a job he did 20 years ago and did he keep some of the copper pipe? Yeah. No, of course not. <laughs> it's, yeah, so it's it, it's a strange world we inhabit as fans, I think. Yeah, indeed. Yeah, especially now. Yes. Yeah, yeah. 
All right, Ian, can we uh, go on to the rating then, please? Yes. Uh, th- 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 this is for both sequences together, the Liberator and the London together. It's a difficult one, this. If it was just the first sequence, I think it's a solid 10 out of 10 for me. But mm-hmm. because I think the second sequence where it pulls away, and it's not necessarily the model work, but there's, there's something, that whole sequence just doesn't, it, it, I'm almost pulled out of the program at it when it, it pulls away and you got the, the music and it, it just doesn't yeah. work. So I think I'd, overall, I'd say uh, an eight from me for both parts. Right. Well, I've, I've completely mirrored you. That's really? exactly what I've got written ah, down here. You go. Great, you know? great minds and all that. Yeah, yeah, great minds and uh, great model work. Uh, you know, um, for, for its time, very, very good. Uh, works very well, um, but no higher than an eight. No, that's true. It's not perfect, um, but I think it's it's certainly some of the the best. I study a few seconds, but it's some of the best model work the BBC's done, and the best shot model work that yeah, the BBC's yeah. done. Exactly. All right. Well, let, let's stick with an eight, and I think that's very, very. I think fair. that's fair. All right. Okay. Well, thank you for your time no today. No I've enjoyed it as always. Oh, excellent. Um, and uh, we'll be having you back very soon, okay? Excellent. Nice one, Eric. Thanks a All lot. Right. Cheers, then, Ian. And thanks, anyone who's listening. Join us over on Facebook. <laughs> That's a good time to uh, to go. Thanks, everybody. Bye now. Bye-bye.